0: This is Public Occurrences, both foreign and domestic. And now your host, Michael O'Fallon. Well, if you haven't noticed yet, Or if you are new to this podcast, the warnings of what was coming are now our present crisis. Not necessarily the crisis du jour that would most likely come first to your mind on March 12th, 2022. Because you have been forced to respond in kind, exactly how the World Economic Forum and our government would like you to respond, without enough knowledge to understand who is the good side and who are the baddies. And part of the problem here is that most everyone is bad in some way in the current military conflict in the Ukraine. Now, by that, I do not mean that people that are caught in the middle of this horrific insanity, no, I don't mean that, both the Ukraine people and the Russian people. No, I am for the people. I am pro-liberty. I am pro-freedom. I am pro-individual sovereignty. And that's unfortunately something that both sides apparently do not really care about. But here is the thing, as Tucker Carlton brilliantly stated this past Friday night on his show. The important part for the powers that be, and as well for Russia, is to ensure that no one knows what's going on. In a truthful fashion. Because we are in a hyper-reality age of complete reflexivity, with one fertile fast fallacy after the other, that demands your constant attention. And just as every problem that the Biden administration in the past that they had faced was blamed on COVID, and actually everything that they have done to disrupt and dismantle this current country has been blamed on COVID, you know, the supply chain issues, the lack of people fulfilling jobs, the steady inflation, well, all of that was blamed on COVID. Well, now, everything is going to be shifted and blamed on Russia, even with Facebook reversing its policy on not allowing hate speech and threats of violence on Facebook. Now, Facebook says that they will allow threats against Russia and violence against Russians. And as these distractions are going on, you are, yes, being distracted. Your nation is being deconstructed around you. But I did come across an excellent article the other day by John Whitehead and Nisha Whitehead. I could be mispronouncing her name, by the way, that I wanted to share with you. They are with the Rutherford Institute, which I have seen has had several good articles in the past. And it is clear that the Rutherford Institute is on the right side of things. So I'm going to go ahead and read a bit from this article, which can be found on our show notes with today's podcast. Quote, barely three years into the 2020s, and we seem to be living out the prophecies of the Book of Revelation with its dire warnings about plague, poverty, hatred, and war. Just as the government hysteria over COVID-19 pandemic appears to be dying down, new threats have arisen to occupy our attention and fuel our fears. Food shortages, spiking inflation, rocketing gas prices, and a Ukraine-Russia conflict that threatens to bring about a world war. Is this the end of the world as we know it? Or is it the beginning of the end of the world? Will the world end with a bang, or will it end, as T.S. Eliot concludes, with a whimper? Robert Frost, torn between a vision of the world ending in fire, the hot flame of violence, anger, and greed... Or ice, the cold burn of hatred? Well, he suggests that either would suffice to do the job. And then there's the Polish-American poet, Cezla Milowitz, who envisioned the day, the world ends as a day like any other. Quote, those who expected lightning and thunder are disappointed. And those who expected signs and archangels trumps do not believe it is happening now as long as the sun and the moon are above as long as the bumblebee visits a rose as long as rosy infants are born no one believes it is happening now there will be no other end of the world end quote. in milo's words can be found a distant echo of a warning issued by bertram gross in his book friendly fascism the new face of power in america And he says, quote, anyone looking for black shirts, mass parties, or men on horseback will miss the telltale clues of creeping fascism. In any first world country of advanced capitalism, the new fascism will be colored by national and cultural heritage, ethnic and religious composition, formal political structure, and geopolitical environment. In America, it would be the supermodern and multi-ethnic, as American, as Madison Avenue, executive lunches, credit cards, and apple pie. It would be fascism with a smile, as a warning against its cosmetic facade, subtle manipulation in velvet gloves. I call it friendly fascism. What scares me most is its subtle appeal. I am worried by those who fail to remember, or have never learned, That big business, big government partnerships, backed up by other elements, were the central facts behind the power structures of old fascism in the days of Mussolini, Hitler, and the Japanese empire builders. Look beyond the drum pounding distractions of war and the fear inducing tactics of the deep state. And consider the long-term ramifications of the so-called sanctions being levied against Russia right now. Not just the government sanctions, but the corporate lockdowns. As CBS News reports, quote, car shipments were paused, beer stopped flowing, McDonald's shut down sales of Big Macs, cargo ships dropped port calls and oil companies cut their pipelines. Russia's invasion of Ukraine is leading some of the world's best known brands, from Apple to Disney and IKEA, to abruptly exit a country that's become a global outcast. And this is shunning on a global scale. Some companies, as Fortune reports, have gone above and beyond what was required by government sanctions. For instance, major oil companies, including Exxon, BP, and Shell ended joint investment projects with Russian oil companies. Major retailers, including H&M, Nike, IKEA, and TJX, have shut down Russian sales and closed stores. Visa, MasterCard, and American Express shut down global services in Russia. Boeing cut off support for Russian airlines and closed its offices in Moscow, while Delta and its Russian code-sharing arrangement. FedEx and UPS shut services to Russia. Apple, Alphabet, Meta, and Microsoft have all taken significant action to combat Russian aggression and disinformation. End quote. You basically have Russia becoming a commercial pariah, confirmed economist Mary Lovely. Quote, pretty much no company, no multinational, wants to be caught on the wrong side of U.S., and Western sanctions, end quote. Russia's military aggression has paved the way for a show of force by a punitive big business, big government power lines that, until recently, had been exerting itself on a smaller scale to sanction individuals whose behavior was deemed to be hateful, discriminatory, conspiratorial, or anti-government. There's no going back from here. This may well be the end of the world, as we know it. This particular apocalypse is the fallout from a silent coup that has given the corporate state a taste for punitive power and an understanding of the ease which it can use that power to manipulate, control, and direct the world governments. For good or bad, it will change the way we navigate the world, redrawing the boundaries of our world and our freedoms and altering the playing field faster than we can keep up. The New World Order, a global world order, made up of international government agencies and corporations, owes its existence in large part to the U.S. government's deep-seated, and in many cases, top-secret alliances with foreign nations and global corporations. This powerful international cabal, let's call it the global deep state, is just as real as the corporatized, militarized, industrialized American deep state, and it poses just as great a threat to our rights as individuals under the U.S. Constitution, if not greater. We've been inching closer to this global world order for the past several decades, but COVID-19 which saw government and corporate interests become even more closely intertwined, shifted this transformation into high gear. Now, in the face of Russia's aggression, fascism is about to become a global menace. Given all that we know about the U.S. government, that it treats its citizens like faceless statistics and economic units to be bought, sold, bartered, traded, and tracked, That it repeatedly lies, cheats, steals, spies, kills, maims, enslaves, breaks the laws, overreaches its authority, and abuses its power at almost every turn. And that it wages wars for profits, jails its own people for profit, and has no qualms about spreading its reign of terror abroad. It is not a stretch to suggest that the government has been overtaken by a power elite that do not have our best interests at heart. Indeed, to anyone who's been paying attention to the goings-on in the world, it is increasingly obvious that we're already under a new world order, and it is just being brought to you by the global industrial deep state. It remains unclear whether the American deep state, a national security apparatus that holds sway even over the elected leaders notionally in charge of it, answers to the global deep state, or whether the global deep state merely empowers the American deep state. However, there is no denying the extent to which they are intricately and symbiotically enmeshed and interlocked. Consider the extent to which our lives and liberties are impacted by this international convergence of governmental and profit-driven corporate interests in the surveillance state, the military-industrial complex, the private prison industry, the intelligence sector, the security sector, the technology sector, the telecommunication sector, the transportation sector, the pharmaceutical industry and most recently by this pharmaceutical health sector. All of these sectors are dominated by mega corporations operating on a global scale and working through government channels to increase their profit margins. The profit driven industries of these global corporate giants influence everything from legislative policies to economics to environmental issues to medical care. On almost every front, whether it's the war on drugs, or the sale of weapons, or regulating immigration, or establishing prisons, or advancing technology, or fighting a pandemic, if there is a profit to be made and power to be amassed, you can bet that the government and its global partners have already struck a deal that puts the American people on the losing end of the bargain. We've been losing our freedoms so incrementally for so long sold to us the name of national security and global peace maintained by way of martial law disguised as law and order and enforced by a standing army of militarized police and a political elite determined to maintain their powers at all costs that it's hard to pinpoint exactly when it all started going downhill but we're certainly on that downward trajectory now and things are moving fast. The government of the people, by the people, for the people has now perished. In its place is a shadow government, a corporatized, militarized, entrenched global bureaucracy that is fully operational and is not only running the country, but is about to take over the world. Given the trajectory and dramatic expansion globalization, and merger of governmental and corporate powers, we're not going to recognize this country or the rest of the world 20 years from now. It's taken less than a generation for our freedoms to be eroded, and the global deep state structure to be erected, expanded, and entrenched. Yet, mark my words, the U.S. government will not save us from the chains of the global deep state. The current or future occupant of the White House will not save us. For that matter, anarchy, violence, and incivility will not save us. Unfortunately, the government's divide-and-conquer tactics are working like a charm. Despite the laundry list of grievances that should unite we the people in common, cause against this government... The nation is more divided than ever by politics, by socioeconomics, by race, by religion, and by every other distinction that serves to highlight our differences. The real and manufactured events of recent years, the pandemic, invasive surveillance, the extremism reports... The civil unrest, the protests, the shootings, the bombings, the military exercises and active shooter drills, the color-coded alerts and threat assessments, the fusion centers, the transformation of local police into extensions of a military, the distribution of military equipment and weapons to local police forces, the government databases containing the names of dissidents and potential troublemakers have all conjoined to create an environment in which we, the people, are more divided, more distrustful and fearful of one another. What we have failed to realize is that in the eyes of the government, when the government and its global industrial deep state partners in the new world order crack down, we'll all suffer. If there is to be any hope of freeing ourselves, it rests, as it always has, at the local level with you and your fellow citizens taking part in grassroots activism, which takes a trickle-up approach to governmental reform by implementing change at the local level. One of the most important contributions an individual citizen can make is to become actively involved in local community affairs, politics, and legal battles. As the adage goes, think globally, act locally. America was meant to be primarily a system of local governments which is a far cry from the colossal federal bureaucracy that we have today. Yet, if our freedoms are to be restored, understanding what is transpiring practically in your own backyard, in one's home, neighborhood, school district, town council, and taking action at the local level must be the starting point. Responding to unmet local needs and reaching out to injustices is what grassroots activism is all about. Attend local city council meetings, speak up at town hall meetings, organize protests and letter writing campaigns, employ militant, nonviolent resistance and civil disobedience, which Martin Luther King, Jr. used to great effect through the use of sit ins, boycotts, and marches. The author closes with If there is any means left to us for thwarting the government in its relentless march towards outright dictatorship, it may rest with the power of communities and local governments to invalidate governmental and corporate laws, tactics, and policies that are illegitimate, egregious, or blatantly unconstitutional, End quote. And again, that article can be found at the Rutherford Institute. And here's something that I would like to state that might be in conflict with some of the things stated in the article. I have a bit more hope than the author. I know that there are men and women that have been working in this conspiracy for years that have consciences. And now those consciences are in conflict. And they know what they have done is intentionally deceive mankind. For the sake of a blend of Marxism, fascism, and just about every bad idea that has come from Rousseau, Hegel, the Fabians, Lukacs, Gramsci, Horkheimer, Derrida, Foucault, and especially Marcusa. And they can see that this entire game is causing pain. They can see that it's leading to war. As one man with his own imperialist dreams of a unified ethnic theocracy, is in conflict with the fascist technocrats that love to quote Gramsci and the Open Society Foundation-run State Department that has been making those sick and twisted dreams a reality. And they can see this. And it's maybe you who's listening. Maybe somebody sent you this program. Maybe you're listening right now. And maybe you aren't on the side of free human beings. Maybe you've been involved in this whole thing. But this is really starting to weigh on your conscience. And the fact that so many people that you know, even family members that you know, they know that you're a liar. And what you have done professionally to better your own position financially and within the new subjective hierarchy is lie. You are a liar. And this entire scheme of resetting the world away from capitalism and back to a royalty-class sort of monarchical episcopate is evil. It is all built on lies. And maybe the Lord is really intervening in your thoughts as of late. And maybe you know it's time to stop all of this before everything is destroyed. Because as you see innocent people dying in Ukraine... As you see people infected by a sickness that did not need to be. As you see the world plunged into poverty and hunger. As you see people's cognitions and lives algorithmically enslaved. And their freedoms erased. It weighs on your conscience. And you can't sleep. And there isn't enough alcohol or drugs in the world that will help you to get a good night's rest. And so you know that it's time to speak. It is time to be clear about the deceptions. And you know that it may cost you your life or your reputation. But you know it must be done. And if you do it, you'll be courageous in my book. So I pray that you will take the necessary steps and let everyone know what is going on. And just so you will know, I went through that process several years ago. And it has cost me nearly everything. It's also cost me tremendous loss of reputation and for people to attack me with ridiculous stories. But you know what? I have a clear conscience. And there isn't enough money in the world that is worth a clear conscience. I'm Michael O'Fallon, and this has been Public Occurrences, Both Foreign and Domestic. we